I'd like to give a special shout-out to AFE for supporting our podcast as an executive producer. If you'd like to help us out, or be an executive producer yourself, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Hey there, welcome back to The Truth is Somewhere, a conspiracy theory podcast. Megan, what are we talking about today? Today, I'm not going to give you the topic, I just want to jump in, because there's a little bit of, like, play in what I've written up for it. Ooh, I like play. Yeah, okay? Mm-hmm. So, it's June 18th, 1901. That's not correct. Well, it is in <laughs> Podcast Slam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a little girl born in Russia. And she is the fourth daughter to Tsar Nicholas II and Tsarina Alexandra. Okay. And she was a bitter disappointment to a country with strict male succession policies. Uh-oh. Uh, so disappointed were Nicholas and Alexandra that they named the baby Anastasia oh. after the Greek, meaning resurrection. Uh, they had hoped that Anastasia's name would act as a prayer and that God would offer Nicholas and Alexandra a son and resurrect the Russian monarchy. Oh, does this have to do with a dog? No. No, is there a movie about this? Yes, there is. Okay. There are multiple movies. I was thinking about this. of um um uh, uh Balto, Bal- Bal- Baltimore, Bal- Balto. Balto. That's what I said. I said Balto. Balto. Okay. Uh So anyways, it's not that. It's not that. It's not about Balto. No. Mm-hmm. Not about Balto. It's about Anastasia. It's about Anastasia. Exactly. Yeah. Um so Anastasia was a Romanov. And mm-hmm. Romanovs had controlled Russia since 1613. And Nicholas II was the 18th Romanov to sit upon the throne. Uh, and it was their hope to have a 19th succeed the throne. And Nicholas and Alexander would indeed go on to welcome a uh, son. Uh, okay. His name was Alexei. And he's the fifth and final child of the Tsar and Tsarina. And Alexei was born with hemophilia, which mm. in the early 1900s was basically a death sentence, and Alexei was not expected to live into adulthood. Oh, wow. Um, and Nicholas and Alexandra worked really hard to keep Alexei's condition a secret, mm-hmm. uh, and they became super reclusive, even though they were monarch- monarchs over a territory that covered a sixth of the entire globe. Wow. So they just, like, yeah. stopped going out. Sure. Because they were like, hiding their incredibly sick son. Sure. Um, just an interesting tidbit, Alexandra was the granddaughter of Queen Victoria of England, and many of Queen Victoria's descendants had hemophilia, and it was known as the royal disease. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. How's that for genetics? Yeah, that's why you shouldn't inbreed. Yeah, no kidding. That's kind of crazy, though. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about the queen eating flesh. Do you think it's because she's got hemophilia? No, I I was just going to say, like, I think that's not as likely, mm-hmm. but the fact that there's lots of inbreeding, oh, uh, yeah. messing up their genetics, I think that's absolutely likely. Oh, yeah. As far as conspiracies go, oh, yeah, I don't even know if that's a conspiracy. That might just be common knowledge, but maybe, maybe not. Yeah. What I mean. You were always marrying somebody of royal stature. Right, and if you only married from the same pool... Mm-hmm. Um, it's like in, in Harry Potter, they talk about how, like, you can't really have pure blood witches and wizards anymore because they just continued to marry each other and produce with each other, and they uh, were creating these, like, monstrous children. Oh, that makes sense. With, like, weird, like, like not just, like, lazy eye, like, 
looking into the back of their head lazy eye like so crazy they had so so much magic that they had to look back into themselves to see it yeah that's exactly it or was it so little magic so little well i mean they were magical but they weren't all there they're they were missing some they weren't firing on all pistons yeah yeah that uh it sounds pretty horrible i mean we do it to dogs that's true we do do that to dogs that's actually a huge problem with dogs and um overbreeding them mm-hmm. and having they get I mean, all sorts of i cancers. was just i think i was just reading an article that was talking about how uh in the 19th century when the kennel clubs first started how horrible it was and that um they they were and still are having um such horrible inbreeding that they essentially have um sons sleep with brothers and sisters sleep and sons and mothers sleep together Mm -hmm. to create purebred puppies it's just disgusting yeah it's disgusting i mean we're lucky kasumi doesn't have a bunch of problems i mean sure yeah but uh anyways um Let's talk about royal inbreeding. Okay, <laughs> we'll get back on track here. Yeah. Uh, Alexandra developed a relationship with famed holy man Gregory Rasputin, mm-hmm. uh, and he was known to have prophetic powers. And Alexandra hoped that he could heal Alexei. And for a while there, I guess it like appeared that he did appear like heal Alexei, and so he won over the trust oh, wow. of the Romanovs. Um, and then civil unrest is gripping the country, mm-hmm. um, and political enemies of the Romanovs used Rasputin as a way to undermine the family, claiming that they were allowing, like, a madman to influence policy. Oh, really? Uh, because Alexandra was always, um, like, defending him and coming to his aid as though he were, like, a prized, uh, okay. like, influencer of the crown, when really all it was was that he... He, like, the only influence he had was over the health of Alexei. Right. And, like, what they did for their son, but he had nothing to do with how they ran the country. But, uh, their enemies were using that to say that he was helping run the country, that he was helping influence policy, and he was known as the Mad Monk. Okay. Yeah. I could see why, uh, people might think that. I mean, the whole conspiracy thing. People can generate conspiracies real quick and some of them catch fire well yeah and there was there was a lot of civil unrest in russia um in the early 1900s so like in 1905 they had bloody sunday uh which was basically like union workers rising up Mm -hmm. uh essentially and so they almost had a civil war then and they barely staved it off and people really didn't trust nicholas uh romanov as as a king mm-hmm. as a czar um they didn't think that he was leading the country properly and okay. so that you had the rise of the bolsheviks because the bolsheviks believed that the romanovs were not okay were no longer fit for power that makes sense uh anyway so you had the bolsheviks kind of like trying to undermine the romanovs sure with sure the use of rasputin it also rasputin makes sense a little weird uh it also makes sense that the romanovs would back this uh this guy who's taking care of their kid yeah it makes perfect sense yeah but it's, I, that's just kind of how... Specifically the one boy that they wanted. Yeah. Politics uh, works. Uh, so Anastasia blossomed into a precocious child with a quick wit and penchant for playing rough. She had little patience or aptitude for general uh, school subjects like grammar or spelling, but was nonetheless viewed as an intelligent child. Mm. Um, basically, she was super observant and emotionally intelligent. 
Okay. Uh, when Nicholas left home in 1915 to take command of the Russian army in World War One, Alexandra was left in charge of domestic affairs, and the Romanovs were pressured to abdicate the throne. Okay. Uh, and because of political upheaval, Nicholas was unable to return home, and Alexandra was trying to hide that from their five children, and she was like, oh no, he's just delayed, he's just delayed. And Anastasia, like, simply looked at her mom and was like, but the train is never late. So it can't just be that he's delayed, because the mm. train is never late. Okay. So where is he? Mm -hmm. So she was very in tune emotionally to what was happening around her, even right. though she was young. Mm -hmm. And uh, observant. And observant, Yeah. By... No, you know, if a lot of those signs are too young, that's uh, that could be a sign of autism. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. If actually, uh, not I doubt always. though, because she was like super theatrical and she was really good at. Um... Okay, well, I also don't know how young this is, so yeah, no, she's a teen by that time. Oh well, then no, that's yeah. that's not that. No, it's not that. She's just super theatrical and she's not book smart. She's more mm -hmm. like common sense, I guess, would right, be the right. best way to put it. Uh, by 1917, most Russians had lost faith in Nicholas, and moderate people joined forces with the radi radical Bolshevik revolutionaries to overthrow the Tsar. Mm -hmm. uh, Nicholas caved to the pressure and abdicated the throne on March 15, 1917. Wow. So she's 16 at this point. Okay. Uh, following the abdication, the Bolsheviks, led by Vladimir Lenin, seized power in Russia and formed the world's first communist state. And I'm going to put communist in quotes because this yeah, is right. not really not, communist, not real right? Communist here, yeah. uh, so Lenin sent the former imperial family to live under house arrest in Siberia. And in April and May of 1918, uh, members of the Romanov family were like rounded up and relocated to uh, Ipatayev House in Yekaterinburg on the eastern side of the Ural Mountains. Man, I keep picking these Russian stories and they just kill me on the pronunciation. Just say them with a, with a confident Russian accent and yeah. it'll come out right. Comrade. Uh, so after the revolution uh, came a civil war between Bolshevik armies and the anti-Bolshevik Russian forces uh, in June of 1918. So May of 1918... Uh, no, not May. Uh, March... Of 1917, okay. Nicholas gives up the throne. Okay, yeah. In April and May of 1918, Lenin puts the whole family under house arrest and sends them off to, like, nowheresville, Siberia. Mm -hmm. By June of 1918, there's full-out civil war in Russia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by July, the anti-Bolshevik... White armies, the Bolsheviks were the Red Army, and the anti-Bolsheviks were the White Army. Okay. Uh, were advancing on Yekaterinburg. Yekaterin. Yekaterinburg, aiming to rescue the Romanovs. Okay. So they were coming like, whoa, well, we thought maybe the Romanovs weren't the answer, but this is worse. So now we're going to go rescue the Romanovs oh, okay. and put them back in power. Wow. Uh, so local authorities were ordered to prevent any such rescue, and the imperial family was sentenced to death. Damn. Now, I know last week I promised you guys something not so heavy, and I promise you this isn't as heavy, but there's a heavy moment, and we're going to power through it, and then we're going to go right back into something interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, family sentenced to death. Uh-huh. So, on the night of July 16th, 1918, the family was woken up and told to dress and go down to the cellar of the Laptiev house. Uh, in the cellar, Nicholas, Alexandra, their four daughters, Olga, Tatiana, Maria, and Anastasia, mm -hmm. their son, Alexei, four remaining servants, and their family dog were lined up and executed by a Bolshevik firing squad. Damn. Yep. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I want to tell you the heavy thing. 
That's not the heavy thing? No. That they were all... I'm going to tell you the heavy thing. The Uh family dog wasn't just shot. They crushed his skull with the butt of a rifle. Oh, well, that sucks. It's just horrible. They couldn't even give him a a bullet? No, they just crushed his skull. Or they couldn't just let the dog go? It's a dog! Yeah, that is pretty crazy. And then also they killed the children. Like, young right people i don't remember uh the anastasia movie having this happen it, it didn't yeah uh, it didn't yeah well, uh, well i mean it kind of did like they mention it but it's not it's not the main focus of the anastasia movie mm-hmm. well the disney movie probably doesn't mention this at all but the original anastasia film does mm. uh quick and interesting aside yes. going back to rasputin rasputin uh he had written a letter to nicholas uh, letting him know that if he, Rasputin, was killed by government officials, that the entire imperial family would be killed by the Russian people. Wow. He had the penchant for actually predicting things. Like, that oh, okay. legitimately, there's, like, written documentation of him being like, this is gonna happen, and then it actually happening, and people were like, huh, well, huh. that's really interesting. He's a real good guesser. He's a real good guesser. He's such a good guesser that uh, he was invited to Prince Felix uh, Yusupov's palace on December 29th in 1916, mm-hmm. and he was fed wine and cakes laced with cyanide by a group including Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovich, who was the cousin of Nicholas, oh. and the prince. Rasputin became drunk but did not fall ill from the cyanide poisoning, and eventually the duke and the prince gave up and shot him several times, wrapped him in a carpet, and threw him in the Neva River where he was found three days later. What, because they didn't want a good guesser around anymore? Um, I think it had something to do with the fact that he was so in close with the royal family, Mm -hmm. and that the civil unrest was, like, it was getting worse because of Rasputin's... Okay. closeness to the throne mm-hmm. even though he wasn't actually like doing anything sure but the civil unrest was getting worse because of rasputin being there and so they were trying to take that out of okay out of the picture to keep the romanovs on the throne man russia got dirty real dirty real dirty this is actually really interesting because i didn't know any of this like i've seen the disney movie mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but i didn't know any of this history and i just found it very fascinating, so I'm really sorry to become a history podcast for a moment. What conspiracies have to do with history? Exactly. Right. So, but I just, is this, this a conspiracy? is super interesting. We'll get there. Oh, okay. I'm getting there. Oh, I'm just giving okay. you the history hey, look, in the background. Otherwise, this episode would have been five minutes long. So I, but the history is so interesting. Right, right. Like, I wanted to talk about it. So well, we have to have a, we have to have the foundation. Mm-hmm. So Rasputin is killed by government officials. Okay. And a couple years later... The whole imperial family is lined up in a cellar and shot to death. Yeah. Including the damn dog and the servants, people who were literally not even royal. Well, yeah, that's pretty common, though, that you'll have uh, royalty and the people that are with them. That might just be more of a tradition thing than it was. It's just really fascinating because normally in things like this, you they didn't kill the children. Yeah. A very fascinating thing to have happen. Well, you might have a potential uprising in yeah. 10, 15 years if you don't kill the children. Yeah, because um, what I was reading was the reason that this stands out as like such a strange story in history and people really latch on to the Romanovs mm-hmm. is that um, even with Marie Antoinette, when they put her and the king of France to death, uh-huh. they spared the children. And it was sure. like that, that whole deal was 
one of like the most terrifying moments of history of them like beheading Marie Antoinette and, mm-hmm. and the king whose name I cannot remember I because Marie remember. Antoinette is the one that I care more about sure. uh, history wise because she made a lot of mistakes but anyway mm-hmm. whatever uh, but what I was reading is that people latch onto this story in particular because of the children being involved okay yeah and it's not like because she was the fourth daughter and by the time they were killed she would have been 17 okay almost an adult which means maybe an adult in that country at that time the three girls older than her Mm -hmm. were definitely adults and then alexi was younger than her Mm -hmm. so i mean i guess you think like oh they killed the children but they're not really children these are adults who would have been capable of taking the throne if right even 17 even 17 i mean if we look at history there's there's proof of kings taking the throne at 13 yeah so there's no that's ridiculous i mean it is right and people would throw a fit if we had a 35 year old president no kidding (laughs) not enough experience it doesn't know anything about life right right yeah uh so after the execution of the imperial family rumors swirled that anastasia had managed to escape Mm. here we get to the conspiracy sure sure. here we go this rumor has sparked many books, movies, musicals over the years, mm-hmm. and inspired dozens of women to come forward and claim they were Anastasia. I'm just going to talk about the main one, though. Okay. Um, in 1920, a woman was pulled out of a canal in Berlin after an attempted suicide. For months, she refused to give her name to anyone. She barely spoke at all. Uh, she was transferred to an asylum, and she was told by a fellow patient that she looked like Grand Duchess Tatiana. Mm who was the second oldest daughter of Nicholas and Alexandra. Okay. The woman took on the name Anna Anderson, and she explained that she had survived the firing squad because one of the guards realized she was not dead, only unconscious, while carrying the bodies out of the cellar. Mm -hmm. And the guard then smuggled her away, became her lover, only to later die in a street brawl. Oh. And so she had flung herself into the canal because her lover Uh and rescuer had died. Well, I imagine also the rest of her life was pretty shitty, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If that's true. Uh, So as the rumors of Anna Anderson spread, extended members of the Romanov family and former servants made their way to the German asylum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some said that Anna did indeed resemble Anastasia. Her eyes were the same shade of blue and her mannerisms were much the same. Mm -hmm. But others said that her facial facial structure was too different and that she didn't recognize people she should have. Um, I think that you could argue all of that away just from like trauma. She sure. doesn't remember people from her childhood because, holy fuck. Well, 17, though. When was the last time she saw some of them, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I could... Uh, you know what? I'll give it that there definitely have been people I've run into that are like, Hey, man, how's it going? How you been? I haven't seen you for so long. And I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up? How are you? And then they leave, and I'm like, I have no idea who that was. Sure. So, I can make arguments for everything up to this point, but the one that I can't make is she doesn't speak any Russian. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, that's, that's a huge, huge thing. She doesn't speak her native tongue, right? That's huge. Um, so, Alexandra's brother paid for an investigation into Anna Anderson, and she was discovered to actually be a mentally unstable Polish factory worker named Fraziska Szanskowska. And despite the news being broken in the press, many people continued to believe that Anderson was Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's such a popular theory and so many people believe it that in 1956, the film Anastasia, Anastasia was released, which followed a confused young woman named Anna Anderson, mm. who turns out to actually be Anastasia. 
Oh. So, and the premise of the film is basically the same as the Disney movie, except right. in the Disney movie they call her Anya instead of Anna Anderson. Mm. But what happens is it's thought that Anastasia and the sister, the other sister, Maria, the second youngest uh-huh. sister, were able to escape. Mm-hmm. And they run away, and then the extended members of the Romanov family are like, they're gone, here's a handsome reward for anybody who brings them back to me oh, right uh-huh so then uh maria and anastasia get split up and maria end up ends up going back to live with the romanovs and then they're still looking for anastasia and then this woman is pulled out of a canal mm-hmm. and she says she doesn't know who she is she's got amnesia she has no clue who she mm-hmm. is and there's this she meet, ends up meeting up with a con man who's like you kind of look this is the movie yeah 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 you kind of look like that family. Sure. So we're going to go collect a huge payday and tell them that you are mm-hmm. that girl. And then she ends up talking with Maria and Maria's like, oh no, you really are. Mm-hmm. Like you are Anastasia. And then she gets her memory back and ta-da, she's Anastasia. Wow. That is not true. Yeah. Like the very beginning of that is kind mm-hmm. of true, right? Right. But most of that is a bold-faced lie. Okay. Right? But... People were so captivated by the story that they took the film as true. And Anna Anderson lived her entire fucking life as Anastasia. Like, people believed, still believed she was Anastasia. Like, the Romanov family... Wait, the real one? Yeah. The Romanov family was like, no, 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 no. You're not one of us. Mm -hmm. You are not us. We know you are not us. Mm -hmm. But other people were like, oh, no, they're just being dicks. This is the real Anastasia. And people actually called her that and, like, thought for real she was Anastasia. Wow. Yeah. Um, so pop culture doesn't help. Obviously. No, no. People are easily swayed. Um, so there's that, but we know she was not Anastasia. Mm-hmm. And I will get to how we know definitively in a minute, but there's one other myth that not, I want to bring not up. Not speaking Russian doesn't do it? No. There's something even more concrete than that. Oh. I know. Oh, she doesn't have a bullet wound? Well, there would be that, right? Yeah. 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 Another uh, myth that drove people to come out and announce themselves as uh, Anastasia, because, I, like I said, dozens mm-hmm. of women have come forward okay, okay. and said, oh, no, I'm Anastasia. No, I'm Anastasia. Was that there was supposedly a fortune sitting in the Bank of England that belonged to the Romanov family oh. that was just waiting for somebody to come claim it. Supposedly. Supposedly. But the bank uh, basically says, fuck you all, this isn't true. Mm-hmm. And they have records that show that Nicholas took whatever money he had in that bank uh-huh. and he used it to pay for hospitals because Alexi was so sick. Yeah, of course. So, there you have it. The bank's like, there was never any money. This right, is all but that caused... Not so lie. Caused a bunch of women to come forward and yes. try to take the money. Yes. So, the Romanov's bodies were discovered in a mass grave in the 1990s. Oh. That's how long it took. Wow. Yeah. Well... You say that's how long it took, but Russia's had its climb and its fall and its climb and well, its and fall. Well, that's the thing is that people were too afraid to go look for them. Right, right. Because the Bolsheviks were still in charge. The okay. people were literally terrified to go look for the Romanov bodies. Okay. Um, and Russia went through this period that only kind of ended with Vladimir Putin of being incredibly anti-religion. Mm. Like, you cannot be orthodox, you can't, no. Oh, wow. Just religion's not a thing. Vladimir Putin is actually a, a orthodox 
Okay. Like Russian mm-hmm. Christian religion. Sure. And so he's actually changed that, and that's when things kind of started to like roll over a little bit. Okay. So the, the Romanovs were found in a mass grave in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. DNA testing confirmed the identities of Nicholas, Alexandra, and three of the daughters. Okay. Um, but the bodies of Alexei and one other daughter were still missing. Mm. I know. So that leads to a whole bunch more. But then in 2007. Uh huh. Two more bodies were found not far from that mass grave. Uh-huh. And the DNA from those bodies showed that it was Alexei and one of the Romanov daughters. And people believe it was likely Anastasia or Maria because they would have been the smallest, the mm-hmm. youngest. How, what was their age? Well, Anastasia was 17 at that time. Mm-hmm. And Maria would have been older. Okay. Like how much older? Not, not by too much. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. People were popping out babies like crazy back then, sure, right? Sure, sure. So, yeah. Um, so DNA tests show that all of these are the Romanovs. They it's have just... been found. Yeah. The end. Those are Romanov people. They right. The DNA confirms it. So then Anna Anderson passed away in 1984, mm-hmm. and her DNA was tested and compared to that of the Romanovs, and that proved without a doubt that Anna Anderson was not Anastasia, People still believe it, mm-hmm. even though the DNA says otherwise. You can't trust DNA yeah. unless it's in a case where they can't provide DNA. Yeah. So she's not related to the Romanovs at all. And the DNA test definitively linked her to that Polish factory worker that was discovered oh. in the 1920s during the investigation anyway. Okay. So she actually was the crazy Polish factory worker. Yep. Yep. But she managed to live 63 years of her life. Uh, making other people believe that she was Anastasia. Do you think people donated to her and she just lived like royalty? That's what actually I was yeah. reading is that people, like, she survived on the generosity of other people. The generosity and gullibility of other people, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. That's pretty crazy. She uh, got away scot-free. Yeah. Just by saying she was someone and everyone else said no. Yeah. The and family still... was like, no, but there were so many supporters who were like, oh, we think the family's covering it up. I'm Anastasia. No, I'm Anastasia. Hey, we can't both do that. <laughs> well, it's more believable that I'm Anastasia. Why? Because I'm a female. Did you just assume my gender? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Oh, hmm, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, you know what? Fine, you can have it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I own 50% of whatever you have anyway. It's community property state. <laughs> that is what I've got. That's it, huh? That's it. I, uh, I know I'm going dark when I, when I touch on this. But I question why um, the two girls were found in a different grave. It's not two girls. It was Alexi and Oh, Alexi. You're right. Guys. I was Alexi. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. No, Never, that's not son, so bad then. It was the it may, Hopefully. The but what is really weird is that those bodies were burnt and the other bodies weren't. I, yeah. I just, yeah. I, I wonder why two bodies would be off. Separate. Separate. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You say Alexi and to me that name sounds feminine mm-hmm. i mean different For sure. different culture mm-hmm. so um yeah i just uh it is weird you're right it makes me think that some people probably had some nefarious purposes nefarious purposes for the youngest yeah of the family yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. before they decided they wanted to kill them and what's a better way to make sure nobody knows you had uh you nefarious did you purposes. did the the bad things than burning them it's true yeah Get rid of the the evidence. Clamping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> reality is never... 
quite as nice as Disney likes to paint it out. No, it certainly is not. <laughs> no. Yeah. It certainly is not. Yeah. But that is the story of, the real life story of Anastasia Romanoff. Yeah, it's, um... Fascinating history. I mean, it just ends quite, uh, quite abruptly, truthfully. I mean, we, you talked about the conspiracy and stuff after that, but, I mean, really, they just... Yeah. They, they all just got put on a wall and shot. And mm-hmm. That was it. And that's, they know that that's what happened because the, the, the Bolshevik men who were part of the firing squad later admitted to it. Mm-hmm. They, like, there's, um, interviews with those men being like, this is what we did. I wonder so. if, uh, I wonder how many, how many, uh, gunners there were and if people shot blanks. It's just, that's a curious, for me, that's a curious, uh, little bit because I know, um, in the U.S. what we used to do when we did firing squads Still in the military, um, something that uh, someone can be punished for, but, I mean, no one's going to get killed by a firing right, squad, right, right. right? Unless it is a time of war and you are just the ultimate dummy. I think dummy. Texas still used the firing squad as the death penalty up until, like, the 80s. Yeah, I wouldn't be I surprised. think, like, the last one that was done was in the 70s. People were still hanging, I think, in the 90s. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. And the electric chair was used yeah. fairly recently, too. Yeah, but, um, anyways, yeah. the reason I question that was because, um, and touching on that that's how the U.S. used to do it, they would um, usually have a firing squad against one person. Mm-hmm. And the reason you have a whole squad firing at someone um, is actually because only a couple of them have bullets and everyone else is firing blanks. And nobody has to know who they so, who actually So people, uh, they find that people that have to do that can mentally say, I wasn't the one that killed mm-hmm. him. Someone else did. Even if everyone... I think this is the problem that I have with the death penalty uh-huh. is that there's this level of anonymity mm-hmm. to the executioner who still still today gets to wear a hood, right? Gets mm-hmm. to to hide themselves from the fact, like from the public, even though they're the ones killing a human being. Like I'm not, I don't generally, I'm not generally like a oh the death penalty is just killing a human being, but it is legitimately just killing a human being, and mm-hmm. I think that there has to be some accountability to that. That I don't think anonymity is the right answer, but that is just my own opinion about I, the death penalty. I would argue that um, if the pizza guy showed up to my house after I ordered a pizza and the pizza was not um, satisfactory, that I wouldn't be mad at the delivery guy. I'd be mad at sure. the people who made well, my pizza, unless that. the pizza's I cold just think or that. that... Somebody who has the guts to be an executioner should just be an executioner and not be anonymous. That is that is my personal opinion, and I, I have this opinion specifically because so many people who have, have been put to death who have later been exonerated by DNA evidence mm-hmm. that my thought process is, how could you possibly be an executioner and live with yourself knowing that that is a very distinct possibility? Sure, and then could and you imagine... being anonymous really stresses me out. Could you imagine them then for the rest of their lives already feeling guilty about the fact that they killed someone who shouldn't have been killed? Now they have to walk down the street and deal with people who know that they're the one who killed them and harass them for the rest of their lives. How, that... many, how many people are actually in a room when somebody is put to death, though? That's the thing. I just, I, I just have the opinion that the way that the United States runs executions... Mm-hmm. In, in such an anonymous fashion, is worse. Uh, I don't agree with that. I do agree that I think we have problems with our uh, death sentencing. Mm-hmm. I think that the only reason 
the only way that someone should ever be sentenced to a death sentence is if there is 100% without a doubt um, a fact. It is a fact that that person did what they did. Mm -hmm. There is video evidence. There's there's DNA. DNA. There's there's everything that says this person did it. There's no shadow of a doubt. Mm -hmm. This person did this horrible thing. If you cannot do that, 100%, not... Not reasonable, uh, mm-hmm. what is the... What's beyond the a reasonable doubt. Yeah, not beyond a reasonable doubt, 100%. Mm-hmm. Then that person shouldn't be put put to death, right? Yep. Um, I don't know. Now we're talking about... <laughs> we're way off topic. Way and, off topic, But that's sorry. cool. That's fine. Uh, if our listeners are cool with it, and I'm sure nobody uh, is going to be upset about us still talking. That's why they... That's, that's, that's why, why they, you're here. That's why you're here, right? Yeah. To listen to us talk, uh, even if it is not entirely off topic, because we're talking about a death squad. <laughs> okay, so that's what I got for you. All right. Well, I mean, we did go a little off topic, but we I think did. I think that was fine. Give, yeah. us, give a little more content. It was a good discussion. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to follow us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TTIS Podcast. Join yep. the Facebook group, TTIS Podcast Group. If you don't answer the questions or give good faith answers to the questions, I will not add you. Just so you know. Um, if you like what we're doing, jump on over to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a positive review. If you really like what we're doing, jump on over to Patreon. You can find all of this information, anything you could possibly want to do right. with our podcast at thetruthissomewhere.com. Mm-hmm. Truth is somewhere, guys. Keep looking. I think that I think we found the truth on this one. I think that there yeah, wasn't there really wasn't, much of a yeah, conspiracy in, on this one. But hey, you know what else I want to talk about? Hey guys, Megan here. Uh, I just have a quick announcement. We are in the middle of migrating our feed to a new podcast host that we're very excited about. I've set everything up to have a 301 redirect and everything should just be working seamlessly for you. But if we have suddenly disappeared from your subscriptions, please just go in and resubscribe. I promise we haven't disappeared. We're still here making podcasts for the enjoyment of your ears. We're just uh, moving to a place that's a little bit better for us. Go check out the new website. It looks pretty snazzy. Thanks.